Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the Old Testament lesson today, the image of the shepherd that is given to the people being led away in captivity. Well, there's a woman driving, and she was speeding down the highway at a pretty good rate. Of course, there's a police car along the side that sees that, turns on the lights, comes behind her, follows her for a little while, and then pulls her over. And she comes up to, to her on the side and gives her a ticket. And she's rather indignant about it, that she got a ticket. And she goes, why is it that I always get a ticket? Everybody else get a warning. Why is it that I get a ticket? What is it about me that I get a ticket? Is it my face? And the police officer says, no, ma'am, not your face. It's your foot. <laughs> and, and, and it illustrates the point that we don't always like to take responsibility for our actions, for our failure. And we especially don't want to take responsibility for the results of our actions. And that's an important concept to keep in mind when we come to the Old Testament lesson for today. Because the context here is that God's people are being led away into captivity. Um, they had rebelled. God had brought judgment against them, destroyed Jerusalem, and now they're being taken away into captivity into Babylon. They're in need of comfort. And so Ezekiel speaks a word of comfort. He brings probably the most comforting image in Scripture to bear weight for them, right? The idea of a shepherd to lead and guide them and call them back. But it's interesting how he does it, because this image of shepherd is found throughout the Old Testament, but Ezekiel adds something else to this image, an image, part of the image that we haven't seen before. And he does so to remind them that even though God is a God of comfort, God is also a God of judgment. And that really brings home the image of shepherd even more for us today. The idea that the Lord is your shepherd, not just because he loves you, not just when you're lost and you're hurting, but even when you're not the sheep you're supposed to be. And so we're going to look at the Old Testament lesson. We're going to highlight certain verses to drive home what Ezekiel wants to highlight for the people of his day and what we need to hear for our day. And so I'm going to go back to verse 15. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them to lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost, and I will bring them back, the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. What a comforting image for the people being led in captivity. Think about that, that, that your nation has been overrun. You're, you're being led away by a foreign, foreign invader. You're led to a land that you do not know. You're going to be there. Don't you need a message of comfort? And the Lord brings one, uh, this message of the shepherd. And it's a message that's found throughout the Old Testament. It goes back to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, and, and the people of his day found hope in that promise. Because it's a shepherd, not only that cares for the sheep, but finds those who are lost and brings them back. The shepherd that binds up the injured and the wounded. That he takes care of them with, with love and concern. What a wonderful, powerful image. And we can relate, right? Isn't that one of your favorite images? I mean, how often haven't you relied upon the image of the shepherd? Isn't that just a beautiful stained glass window, right? with the picture of Jesus as our shepherd, reminding us of his love and care, that, that we're the sheep that he's, that he's holding close. I mean, what funeral have we gone that we didn't have Psalm 23, hardly? It, it is something that we turn to constantly to find peace and to find comfort, to find healing. And so it is a beautiful image. But it is interesting that Ezekiel takes this image in a little bit different direction. If you go down to verse 17, Ezekiel says, Behold, I will... Judge between sheep and sheep. That should make you take a step back. Wait a minute, the shepherd and the sheep? What do you mean judging about sheep? This means there are bad sheep, right? 
In the whole image of shepherd and sheep, we think about the sheep that are hurting, the sheep that are injured, the sheep that were lost. We don't think about bad sheep. Yet that is what Ezekiel is bringing forward. There have been images of bad shepherds previously. Jeremiah talked about false prophets and kings as bad shepherds. But here, he's bringing in the idea of sheep that are bad. And what he's driving home is that as they go into their captivity, they can't just blame the leaders. Because that would be the tempting thing, right? That we're going to be led into captivity and it's all the kings and false prophets' fault. If we had a good king and the prophets were right, then we wouldn't be led, being led back into, cap, back into captivity. It's their fault, not ours. Ezekiel's not letting them off the hook. Not only are the kings and the prophets held accountable, but also they are held accountable for their action and their rebellion. And again, doesn't this image speak to us? Isn't there a temptation for us to blame the leaders? Think back to the workplace. If things aren't going well at work, whose fault is it? It's the boss, right? If we had good leadership, we had a good boss, a good owner, then everything would be fine. What if your team isn't doing really well? Whose fault is it? Well, it's the coach. If we had a different coach and someone else in charge, everything would be okay. If the nation isn't going the right direction, well, we need a new president. We need new leaders. It's real easy to blame those above and not take any responsibility for ourselves. But sometimes the problem, is it always the leaders? Or is it sometimes us? Do we sometimes fail to do what we ought to do? Just as the leaders are responsible for their actions, aren't you responsible for your actions? Your words? Your things? The actions that you take? Are you not to be held accountable? And when you fail, are you not to be held accountable for that? And Ezekiel doesn't let us off the hook either that we also could be bad sheep. But what does it mean to be a bad sheep? Ezekiel kind of gives us a definition. You get down to verse 18. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? You tread down with your feet the rest of the pasture. And you drink the clean water, but you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet. Isn't that a striking image? The image of sheep eating the good food, the good grass, and drinking the good water. But before they leave, they leave it a mess for anybody else. It's the idea of sheep focused only upon themselves with no concern about anybody else. And no concern about those who are going on or coming after them. And later, Ezekiel in this passage builds to that, right? He speaks about bad sheep who thrust and push and shoulder the weak sheep out of the way. We ought to keep in mind that God gave a responsibility to leaders to, to indeed be just and fair in their leadership. But while the leaders were supposed to be just and fair, God had expectation for the people of God, right? They were to love God, and they were to love neighbor. And as they love neighbor, God makes it very clear that they were especially to look after the weak and those who were in need. The reason that they were being led away into captivity is because they had turned their back on the Lord. Not just the leaders, the people as well. And in their turning their back on the Lord, they turned their back on what the Lord had called them upon them to do. They were not showing love for the people around them. They were not showing concern for their neighbor, and especially were not protecting those who were weak and those who were in need. They failed in the task. And the judgment was coming, not only to the leaders, but the whole group. And are we not reminded of our own responsibility? The Lord calls upon us as his sheep to reflect his love and concern 
to others so that others might know the love of the shepherd. Because when you take this into context, right, when you look at the bad sheep, their actions are exact contrast to the shepherd. The shepherd leads to good pasture, good water. And the bad sheep mess up the water, make it muddy. They, they dig up the grass. The exact opposite of what the Lord had done. And so the Lord's expectation for you and for me is to reflect his love that he has given to us to those who are around us. To reflect his mercy to those who are in need. To reflect his forgiveness to those who even sin against us. To reflect his love that we have so filled our hearts that others receive it. And to recognize the need of others. But isn't that the difficulty? Right? Because we have our own problems. We have our own focuses. Right? And so, so we get so focused in on what we need to do and what's going on in our life that are we even aware of the needs of others? If we're not aware, how can we act on them? How can we show true love and concern? How can we respond and help them in a way that is, is meaningful and, and loving? This is what we are called to do. That, that we are to recognize the love of Christ and reflect that love to one another. To not just kind of push through life doing what we want to do and what we think we need regardless of those around us. We are indeed to take into concern, consideration all those who are next to us, our family and our friends. But now we come to verse 24. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be their prince among them. I am the Lord, I have spoken. So what are the people to do? He has this image of them being bad sheep, and that's why they're going away in captivity. Isn't this not clearly a call for repentance, right? As, as Ezekiel speaks to these people being led away in captivity, they are to take stock of their own sin and recognize their failure but realize they have a shepherd who loves them. And in that realization, come to him in repentance. Because that's the promise, that even though they deserve God's judgment, and they are getting punished, but not to the full extent of what they deserve, God's still going to be their shepherd. And not only is he going to be their God, he's going to send them a new shepherd, their servant David, who will be prince among them, who will shepherd and guide them. Which is clearly a promise of who? Christ. That, that he is coming. That, that God gives them this wonderful promise, even as they're being led into captivity, even though they don't deserve anything from God, he says, remember, I am your God, I am your shepherd, and I am going to send a shepherd who is God himself. And he will bring back the way, wayward. He will bring back the hurting. He will bring back the loss. And isn't that what Christ did? All set up by the sacrifice that he made. Because he is entirely a new type of shepherd. A shepherd that is even willing to lay down his life for the sheep. That's what he did on the cross. That's the fullness of this image, right, of shepherd. That, that there is a shepherd who so loves the sheep and sees the sheep so valuable that he would give and give up his life to protect them and to save them. And that's what the Lord did. That's what the Lord did for you and for me. And isn't that why we can find comfort in this image of the shepherd? Shepherd who died and rose for you is the shepherd who can bind up your wounds, who can call you back who are lost, who can come and seek you. He binds up your wounds through the forgiveness of sins. As you heard today, again, no matter what your background, no matter what your sin has been forgiven, it's been paid for on the cross, you are part of his flock and loved by God. And he gives you his word that instructs you in how to love one another, how to live out that life of faith, how we are to look after one another. 
but a word that not only gives you instruction, but empowers you. Gives you the Holy Spirit that enables you to share that love. Because this is the key, right? If we have a shepherd who feeds us with his word, we are empowered then to share that love of the shepherd with one another. Having been fed and nourished, having been cared for, having been healed by a Lord that loves us, how can we not just set aside our sinful desires and look for the needs of others? How can we not look at one another with, with love, realizing that we have been forgiven, we have been healed? How can we not look for ways to serve one another? It's an understanding our Lord as the truly good shepherd. Again, as we conclude, what a wonderful image and comforting this is, that we have the Lord as our good shepherd. It is, again, difficult to think of ourselves as bad sheep. That's not the image we want to have, but that's the reality. But doesn't this make the image of the shepherd even stronger? He doesn't just care for the lost sheep. He doesn't just care for the hurting sheep, the injured sheep. He even cares for the bad sheep. And comes after them and heals them and makes them good once again. That's what our Lord has done for you and for me. He's washed us and made us clean so that we can be part of his flock, and so that he can be our shepherd, not only in this life, but in the life to come. Amen. Now, may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds to true faith, to life everlasting.